hold on to me as we go As we roll down this unfamiliar road And although this wave is stringing us along Just know you're not alone I'm gonna make this place your home. Good morning, Hamilton. This is Rob Golfie with Remax Escarpment, the Golfie team. Welcome to the Hamilton Real Estate Show with Rick Samprin and Phil Golfie. Yes, good morning. It is another beautiful day in the city of Hamilton. Welcome aboard. We have lots to talk about today, including expanding your home, renovating your home, how long you should live in your home before you realize it's time to move on. Uh, we got some uh, real estate statistics from the Realtors Association of Hamilton Burlington for the month of November that we'll get into as well. As always, you can go online to robgolfi.com. That's Rob, G-O-L-F-I.com. Call them anytime at 905-575-7700. That's 905-575-7700. They're all over social media. You can find them on Twitter and Instagram. The handle is at Rob Golfie. Check them out on Facebook as well. And if you have a question for the Golfie team or a topic idea you would like us to tackle on a future program, you can email questions at Rob Again, that email address is questions at robgolfie.com. And if you haven't already, go to your favorite podcast store and download the Hamilton Real Estate Show podcast. Past episodes on robgolfie.com and 900chml.com. So earlier this week, the Realtors Association of Hamilton Burlington, as they always do in the first week of a month, will release the real estate statistics. So we're focusing on the month of November and the RAHB reporting 862 sales of residential properties uh, within our catchment area. Um, for November of 2018, however, down 17.1% from the same month last year, and year-to-date, sales are 17.4% lower than last year at this time as well. And some of the nitty-gritty statistics, the average sale price increasing by 5.2%. In Hamilton, it's at half a million dollars. Yes. Um, So what took the biggest beating out there for November was uh, Hamilton Central. And surprisingly, that was one of the hottest markets in uh, in the Hamilton-Wentworth area, uh, just because it was very affordable. But my, you know, opinion um, of this, so sales sales were only 77 sales in the month of November this year, and it was 128 last year. Wow. Now, last year, the market did uh, taper off after the big spring you know boom and everything that we had but that is that's a huge decrease now my theory so now what they're saying is last year in november the average sale price was uh three hundred and fifty nine thousand four hundred thirty five this year uh in uh november in the hamilton central is 346 so it's actually come down now my my reasoning for that is um, I think it, it it just got too expensive. Mm-hmm. Like it's starting to creep up too much now, and it's got it's got it's got to taper off. So it and that's what's happening in my opinion. But um, but yeah, that that was like I was surprised because Hamilton Central is one of, one of our better markets. Now another one that took uh, that took a, a, a beating was uh, um, I think what Dundas was Dundas is down. Was down yeah. Dundas is down, and also uh, Waterdown. Now those are expensive markets. 
and Burlington, M- much different than Hamilton Center. I mean, this is a exactly. d- different segment of the population. Yeah, so so your 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 markets that are expensive. There, people are you know they're going to think twice about uh, right. moving in that direction. Like 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 Ancaster, um, it's up just a little bit. Last year they sold uh, fifty three homes in Ancaster in November. This year they sold forty two, so that's down. Mm-hmm. But the average sale price is only up a few percentages. Like like the average sale price last year in Ancaster was six hundred ninety one thousand. This year it's seven hundred and two thousand. So I mean it, it's moved up, but it it's not moving up in leaps and bounds, which is which is good because. People can afford it, um, but uh, but yeah, like it. Uh, the, the the real estate board's down. I just want to say one thing: <laughs> us at the golfy team, we are up, and because uh, you know we're uh, we we have uh, strong sales. So our 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 numbers compared to the real estate board. Uh, are totally different. So we're going with basically what with, with the average uh, right. the boards are. But, so, um, so back to Hamilton Center for a second because yeah. you said that was you know surprising, but it is a popular area still because yeah. of the, the price point. Is Did you guys notice that mostly millennials were going there and now they've kind of been priced out? Yeah, mostly millennials and uh, and especially from the GTA. So that GTA rush coming this way is kind of uh, softened up yeah. a bit. Um, they're they're you know they're not coming as much as they were as last year, and um, so it, it's it's hard to tell. Like interest rates are climbing. Yeah. Um, Hamilton Central, like it's really tough to find a decent house. If it's a nice house, it's it's going to be expensive. If it's it's either a nice house or a fixer upper. Right. Anything in between, you know, like that needs fixing up. Those people want more more money than really what it's worth, so it's going to sit on the market. So y- you got all those aspects of it, you know. Uh, Burlington also down considerably as well from uh, last year to this year in November. Yeah, it's just Burlington. You know, it's part of the GTA, and uh, and people are are coming this way. And they say, you know what, I, they sell their house in Toronto. They come to Burlington. They're saying, you know what, I'm not saving that much money, and I, and uh, and I have to do the commute even further right. away from where I work. So, uh, unless if you're a first time buyer and you got help with your parents. Um, you will get, uh, you know, uh, Burlington is, you know, you're, you're, you're escaping from that Skyway Bridge to go over it uh, instead of living in Hamilton. But uh, again, you know, it, it's it's the price point areas that mm-hmm. anything I, I'd say anything over six seven hundred thousand, it's 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 going to be tough. Those markets are going to it's tough in this area. It, it was around this time last year when we started to really talk about the uh, mortgage stress test, and that might have a factor with people last year at this, at this time deciding, hey, I'm going to jump in now before this stress test, you know, kind of bites me in January. Th- that's right. And now interest rates are going up, so you got a combination of the two, and uh, it just you know you just got to keep. Uh, pumping away and 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 you know and markets will markets will change. My opinion for the new year, I think the new year is good. Um, but but houses under five hundred are still moving. Like it, like if you got a house, but which is not many. <laughs> pretty right. soon there's not going to be any houses yeah. under five hundred. But uh, but those houses are moving fast. But in the new year, if you're planning on selling in the new year. Um, don't think spring market is April, May. The spring market is earlier than that. And you will get top dollar. Don't worry about your, you know, flowers are not blooming and your house has got snow. Don't worry. Um, people are looking for houses. If you've got a nice house and you probably will make that extra three to 5% more on your house if you're selling like in February, March. But um, but if is, you- is that because there's so many more people in April and May looking 
No, there's more people looking more in looking. February, March. They're anxious. Okay. They want to get going. They actually want to move into the house by April, May. Like right. they want to be in there in spring so they can plant their own flowers and all that kind of stuff. So people, people, it's funny though. Like everybody thinks spring, spring mark, the spring is April, May. Mm-hmm. That's spring. Right. But spring for real estate is February, March. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the spring market. Yeah. Um, whether or not this is a seller's market or not, I guess statistically it is. The uh, sales to new listings ratio, which can point to whether a market is in favor of sellers above 60% or buyers below 40%, was 71.2%, the low end of a seller's market. For comparison, in November of 2017, that ratio was 69.9%. A quote from Realtors Association of Hamilton Burlington CEO George O'Neill, which sounds very similar to what you've been saying over the past number of weeks, yeah. uh, he says the number this month point to a seller's market. However, the number represents our entire market area that covers Hamilton, Burlington, Haldeman, and Niagara North and may not be indicative for each individual area. Each area is different and distinct. That's why it's best to talk to a local realtor as they know the neighborhood trends. And that points to different areas are going to be very different. Yeah, because every, like, again, every pocket's different. Like, you know, like, what what happened to Hamilton Central? (coughs) Hamilton Central was the hottest market, you know, for the last five years, and now it's become a, a tough market, but that'll get adjusted. That's going to change in the new year. You're going to find that's going to change. Mm-hmm. Um, but Burlington, I'm not surprised with Burlington water down. Yeah. Uh, expensive markets, um, but yeah, yeah, you, you have to. If somebody really wants to know what's going on in their neighborhood or, or in their little uh, town, give us a call and we can give you true stats, the actual stats that uh, that are a little bit more accurate than uh, what these right. are. That number again, 905-575-7700, 905-575-7700, online at robgolfie.com. One more question regarding the November real estate stats for 2018. The number of new listings in Hamilton alone um, down from 1,020 in 2017 to 813. That's quite a considerable drop. So... I'm surprised because, because um, it seems like they're like our inventory is up. So, but it doesn't mean they're all selling uh, uh, as quickly as they are. But these are total homes listed. Total. These are new listings. Yes, new, new listings. Yeah. So all, all residential. All right. residential. Like, and we're down in new listings for the month of November. Yeah, yeah, and it's going to taper down even more. Um, some people are waiting for next year. Um, to uh, to put their house on the market, the ones that are putting their house on the market right now for sale, they're motivated, motivated yeah, by they, they uh, sellers. It. They're motivated sellers. They want to get it sold, but they want to get it sold for a fair market value. They're right. not. They don't want to wait another two or three months for uh, you know because who knows what's going to happen, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, would you recommend at this point? I mean, we're into December that <clears throat> someone should wait until the new year. You know, it what? depends. It, it, it depends on their product, right? On their so, house. So here, here's here's the advantage of now. So we were just looking at uh, a house on the Stony Creek Mountain, um, and there's um, there's in, in between the 750 to 850 range. There's not many for sale now. A lot of houses are coming off the market mm-hmm. now. The serious buyers out there are looking. They're looking right now. The right. serious buyers. So if your house is on the market and there's not much else out there, you've got that advantage. So that's the advantage of having your house on the market now. So right. a lot of people say, well, not being a people looking. Every, there's people looking every single day. Yeah. So the advantage now is that there's not no much available. There's not much available. In the new year, if you get your house on the market earlier than everybody else does, there's more buyers coming into the marketplace 
you will have that advantage. Mm-hmm. So a, a lot of people think, you know, le- again, like I said, April, May is the way to go. I'm telling you, get it going in February. We got a list of people that are ready to get their house on the market in February. Those people are going to do very well uh, on the sale price of their home, and uh, they're going to they're cash out and uh, do really well. And the key is to not only get out early, but make sure it's priced right. Because if it's yeah. not priced right, yeah. it's going to be sent. This, this coming <coughs> spring, you better have your house priced right, because otherwise you're going to miss a good market, and it could take you another six months to, to a year to get that uh, uh, a good price for your house. Still to come, we're going to talk about uh, how long you should live in your home. We'll talk about why renovating is better than buying a new home, uh, something that these guys might not necessarily uh, appreciate, uh, but expanding your home as well. We're also going to dig into that topic as well. You're listening to the Hamilton Real Estate Show on 900 CHML. You are listening to the Hamilton Real Estate Show on 900 CHML. Rick Samprin in studio today with Rob Golfie and Philip Golfie, sales representatives with Remax Escarpment Realty, the Golfie team. They're online at robgolfie.com. That's Rob, G-O-L-F-I.com. Call them anytime at 905-575-7700. That's 905-575-7700. At Rob Golfie on Twitter and Instagram. Like Rob Golfie on Facebook as well. And subscribe to the Hamilton Real Estate Show podcast wherever you download your favorite podcast. Have a question for the Golfie team? You can email questions at robgolfie.com. That's questions at robgolfie.com. Still to come, we'll talk about expanding your home, why renovating is better than buying in many cases. But let's dig into this. How long should you live in your home? Six signs that it's time to move on. This is an article that's on realtor.com. Very interesting stuff. <laughs> 10 years is apparently the average amount of time a homeowner stays in a house, according to the National Association of Realtors. I've been in my home now for 14 years, so I'm well above the 10 year mark and I have no plans of moving. So the first house I, I moved into, I lived in it for five years. Yep. The second house, 10 years. Third house, 14 years. So yeah, you're, you're going right. Yeah, going so I'm, I'm with the national uh, average. <laughs> I just I better not add any more years to that. I'm 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 uh, telling my age here soon, but uh, <laughs> I started young, everybody, you very go. young, yeah. 18, you're 17, a boy. actually. Yeah, I was just a little boy, <laughs> right out of right out of yeah, great time. Great, yeah. So, um, you, you know what? I thought it was less than that. To tell you the truth, ten years is a long time. It is a long time. Now, I think that average has a lot to do with the baby boomers that are living in their houses forever. Right. Yeah. So, in uh, about uh, you find out this average in about ten years from now, you're going to find it's going to drop down to seven years, yeah. six years, and five years because millennials they move like uh, the younger generation. They're moving every five years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if they if they eliminated you know sixty plus year old people. Yeah, you're going to find that average change. Yeah, certainly the older you get, the more established you are in your career or in your job, and you're less likely to move because you're you know attached to that that career or that uh, kind of lifestyle, right? But in in your early 20s or even in your 30s, I mean, I moved nine times before I settled on my house because of work or school or whatever, right? right? Right. Right. Relocations and everything else. Yeah, but I think this is talking about purchases. Yes, right. Right. Not necessarily moving from apartment to to apartment. To apartment to apartment. Right. Right. Yeah. It's 
it's home buying and home selling. Yes. So six signs that it's time to move on from your house. Number one, you know the seller's market is booming and you want in. So, I mean, we just went through this. <clears throat> right. Oh, absolutely. Uh, so so that's basically, if you don't own a house, you better better get in there. Get in while the getting's oh, good. That's right. The, or that's the get feeling out. you get. You get that anxious feeling when the, you know... Every every time you look at a newspaper or turn on the news, it's you know the housing market's <laughs> booming, housing market's booming. You yeah. just get this anxiety that you're never going to be able to own a house, so you right. just hop in. And or your and friends have hopped yeah. in. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's it's pure pressure. Yeah. Like yeah. it's very pure pressure. And or uh, your parents are saying, "Hey, I mean, you got to <laughs> like, get in. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. get in. Yeah. When are you going to buy a house? Exactly. You can't live in the basement forever." <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, it says the most obvious reasons to sell. You're eager to make a profit on your property. That all goes into the uh, the booming market. Obviously, when the market is booming, real estate uh, figures go up, and you figure, "Hey, I can I can move and make some money here." And too. it's tax free money too. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, you buy a house, let's say for three hundred thousand, and you live there for. You know, five years or six years during during the boom years, you could almost double your money. You made three hundred thousand yeah. tax free. So obviously, you can reinvest and buy two other houses. You live in one and, and rent the other one out, or or put it all into a new house. But uh, but definitely, uh, it, it is a, a great way to build equity for your personal you know personal uh, life. Without uh, a doubt, yeah. Six signs it's time to move on from your home. Uh, number two, because your neighbors just got what for their house? This happens all the time, but <laughs> it, goes, it goes both ways. Yeah, it goes yeah. both yeah. ways. So, yeah. so the one way I'm talking about is is they see the for sale sign go up, they see it listed at you know for for an expensive amount, mm. and then the for sale sign way, comes way more down, than they expected. And then we go there and they say, yeah, we want to sell. Our neighbors just got this number, right? And you know, we we look on our computer, we try to pull it up, we. We can't find it. We, you know, we say, no, your your neighbor's house didn't sell. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it didn't sell. Like, yeah. it, you know, the, the but, but and then they'll say they'll say to a million. Yeah, they'll yeah. say, well, we saw the for sale sign, and I'm like, yeah, so did everyone else, <laughs> and no one bought it because it was overpriced. Right. So, so there's that. There's that reason, and then there's the other re- the, the the other you know reason where where they actually do get the number, and these people have been in their house for 15, 20 years, mm-hmm. and they're just they're in complete shock about how fast the the housing market or, or the prices have increased and they're, right. and they're ready to go. Yeah. So so it goes both ways. Well, that's the thing. I mean, if you're not interested in moving at all, you're not going to be on MLS every other night or, you know, uh-huh. checking out real estate stories because that's not of importance to you because you have no uh, inkling of moving. But when there's a sign on your street or a next-door neighbor that has that, you know, a Rob Golfie sign on their lawn, they're going to say, hey, yeah, let me check this yeah. out. And then they they might be blown away by the price it's point. It's like last year, eh, when uh, people got, uh, like there was a bungalow on the mountain, got 650000 just ridiculous. Yeah. Ridiculous. People went nuts. The the, the neighbor <laughs> across the street four months later says, hey, they got 650. <laughs> yeah. In March. Oh, no. <laughs> I go, we're in August now yeah. and it's not happening. Yeah. So they want to try the high number and then they go through the whole six months process of reduce and reduce and reduce. Yeah. But it just, uh, but that's what they look at. They look at the neighbor and if they got that number, they want that number. And, uh, but they missed, uh, they missed the boat they on, missed the on boat. that one, yeah. Which leads me to uh, point number three on six signs it's time to move on. People that did miss the boat and still got into the market at a higher price point, you're sick of feeling financially stressed. So you've bought at a higher price point, and now you're thinking, man, the math is not working here. Yeah. Oh, it, it, a lot, it happened to a lot of people last year. Yeah. That's for sure. They, uh, some people even had long closings. They bought in March and closed in uh, uh, June or July. And they're like, wait a minute, like uh, my house is like worth... Fifty thousand less. There's even the people that bought the new builds 
um, you know, yeah. new new builds two years ago, and 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 they're seeing the the new builds come down in price fifty, sixty, seventy, eighty thousand mm-hmm. dollars in comparison to what they paid, and they're yeah. not even moving in yet. They can buy the exact same house that they have right next door in the same block mm-hmm. for eighty thousand dollars cheaper. So that's a that's a little bit. Well, what what happened on uh, in two thousand eight and nine? So people bought these houses in two thousand seven, right? Closing date was happening, I think, at the end of 2008 and 2009. Maddie Me Homes built this big subdivision at the end of 50 Road there, Montreal Circle and all that area. People will know. And when they took possession, a lot of investors bought in there. And when they took possession, they took possession of a house that's worth less than what they paid for. So there were a ton of rentals in there because they couldn't sell them. Mm -hmm. So they either say, well, you either lose money in selling it or we just rent it. So they, I can't believe how many rentals that were going up in that Montreal circle, uh, you that know, 50, 50 point. road, mm-hmm. 50 point uh, area. And uh, now hardly any rentals are in there. So it took, it took a good five to seven years before everybody got, you know, the, you know, the tenants got out, they start selling them, they made a big profit. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, that, you know, that's what happens when you buy in the high market and, uh, and you take possession. Uh, according to this uh, article on Realtor.com, to breathe easier, monthly household or housing costs shouldn't exceed 28% of your gross monthly income. So I don't want anyone to do math on a Saturday morning, but uh, that's the the uh, statistic. But that's, that's right. That's, yeah, those are like the very similar to the lending rules. Right. In terms of financial institution, they will not be able to lend you money if that if it exceeds if more than, I think it's you know, between 28 and 32% and of I think your overall thir- gross. 35% gross yeah. with, 30- with with yeah. car payments yeah. and stuff like yeah. that, yeah. Okay. And, and it brings every factor in, in terms of your, you know, your total debt payments and, um, you know, everything, everything. Right. So yeah, uh, six signs it's time to move on. So we've done. Uh, you know, the seller's market is booming, and you want in uh, because your neighbors got what for their house, and uh, you're sick of feeling financially stressed. Number four, you've grown, but your home hasn't. So yes, you're adding kids, you're adding pets, perhaps. Uh, the home is now too small, and it's time to uh, move on to a bigger, bigger home. Are people? Still doing this in this type of market? Um, when when we sell a house to a, a young family, we, we we try to ask them, you know, what's your, you know, are you pl- how many kids are you planning on having? When do you plan on having kids? Mm. And um, so we we want to make sure we fit them into a house that's going to be good for at least the next five to seven years, right? right? We don't want them moving into a house and you don't want to make a move to make another move, right? Yeah. Right. So you, you you want them to to be there long enough that they build enough equity, you know, like if, if they move in and all of a sudden they have a child. And they're in a one-bedroom house. Mm-hmm. Well, they're going to have to move within a couple of years because right. this, this, you know, baby is going to need a bedroom within a couple of years. So we look at that, but um, but sometimes people's lives change. Yeah, you'd be amazed. Like like people are buying condos now, but they're not closing for another three or three years, four years. We already got people saying to yeah. us. You know what? I you know I, I met this guy. I met this girl, and I'm, we're moving in together. Yeah. I don't need the house <laughs> and anymore. They don't need the condo, oh. and they don't need the condo. They wow. bought it six months yeah. ago, and they're like, "Yeah, you know, I bought this condo. Is there any way I can get rid of it? <laughs> like, I don't want it anymore." And, yeah, and it, we're like, "It's like it's you like know, it's, the it, condo hasn't even been started being built yet. Wow. It, 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 it's and, becoming a big headache for them yeah. because it took longer than expected. Sure, and uh, they don't want to rent it. They're, they're not. They don't want to be involved with you know dealing with renters and yeah. stuff like that. So what do they do in that situation? Well, they got to talk to their account and say, listen, um, I'm going to sell this, and there's HST uh, uh, yeah, tax uh, input. Sure. The hardest part is, is yeah. you want to buy another house. Like in those two years, right, if you meet somebody, you know, you want to go, you, know, you want to buy a townhouse or you want to buy a house. Mm-hmm. But 
you're tied up with this condo. So now you're, you know, you're, you're still have to make the deposit payments that's highlighted in the, in the, <laughs> in the building forms. Yeah. And then you still have to close on it. So you got to make sure that you're prepared to close on that and get a mortgage on that to be able to close. Yeah. And then you have, you know, someone else that wants to buy a house with you. And it's going to be hard. It's going to be hard uh, to be. So now you're just kind of in. The, you're just stuck. The bank says you can't buy this other so house because the, the only got, way you the closing coming up on here. here. Yeah. 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 The only way to get out of it is is basically if you forfeit your deposit. But I wouldn't go down that road. Yeah. Um, it's, you're it's legally tough. binded to to your contract. But or or if you try to find somebody to assign it to, whether it's a <laughs> friend or a family member, just say, hey, listen, I got this condo. You know, you've already built some good equity. In it. We just have to assign it to you. It's going to cost you a small fee, ten thousand dollars, five thousand uh, dollars, depending on the builder. And then just try fi- find somebody to assign it to. Because those condos, if you bought them in the last couple of years, like you know, before you move in, you have thirty, forty thousand dollars in equity. Sure. So it's a, it's. Yeah, you know but I mean? but but we're we, but people are calling us for assignment assignment uh, to sell their their condos before they take possession, and they're they're not they're not selling for higher than what they paid for it. No. Nobody wants them. Um, that market is gone in Toronto. I don't even know if it's still there anymore. But uh, people are buying and selling condos without even taking possession and making big money. Yeah. <laughs> but I think we hit the peak last year, so if. And a lot of people bought last year, so and they may be closing in the next couple of years, and they say, "Listen, I don't want this. Can I resell it?" And if they it, just nobody's jumping on it, there's they're they're not doing it. So so if you got a condo that's closing, you know you you almost have to wait till it closes, and and you have to resell it. You know you you might make a little bit of money, but it's not going to be enough to right. to change your life in any way, or you know it just that I wouldn't do it. It, unless you need to go someplace else or or buy another house to move in with uh, you know a, a new a new mm. partner or whatever, but uh, but it's tough out there. It's uh, you know last year assignment clauses, man. People were buying them like, hey, they bought <laughs> yeah. it for four hundred, they're selling for five fifty. <laughs> yeah, uh, oh, those are yeah. going like crazy last and year. And no skin in the game, just a deposit. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's it. it. Wow. Yeah, uh, six signs. It's time to move on from your home. Uh, number five, you're over high maintenance. So not necessarily repairs, but just maintaining uh, snow removal, landscaping, septic service, yada yada yada, is uh, too high than than I guess you would like. This is people that own the big the big houses that I find. Like the three thousand square yeah. foot plus, or it's just yard. a little too much. Yeah, they just say I'm done. I'm done with it. Yeah, it's cheaper for them to even actually uh, rent, uh, or not rent, but buy a condo and pay the maintenance, uh, rent uh, the right. condo fees. Yeah. Like, like literally, like t- taking care of a big house, it costs money. Yeah. It costs money. So yeah, you got to look at that. People people are getting tired of uh, shelling out a lot of money. So that if they can find a minimal way to do mm-hmm. that, absolutely. Uh, and lastly, you've put in at least five years into the relationship, so you might be growing a little tired of the home, or uh, you know you've seen that equity built up, and now it's time to you know move on to the next property. Yeah, you know what the the thing is when you buy and sell. Like sorry, when you sell and buy, you're bu- selling and buying in the same market. Um, and there's a cost to move, right? You got moving costs, oh, sure, yeah. you got land transfer tax, you got realtor fees. Um, you you got to look at those numbers. And so you got to be very careful. So, yeah, the market is fantastic. Oh, everybody's getting all this money, but you have to buy in that market too. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. so, you know what I mean? Like, it, it, but, but, but again, if you're selling in a recession and buying in a recession, it, 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 it evens out. It's a soft. Yeah. That's right. But what happens is where you get caught is if you buy in a high market and then all of a sudden recession kicks in. No, sorry, you buy. Yeah, no, you sell in a high market and the recession kicks in, 
and you buy in the low market, yeah. you 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 did cashed well in. for you sure. Cashed in, yeah. So. You know, so there's a, you know, and it's hard to gauge, but if you're buying and selling in the same market, you're going to balance out. There's no no doubt about mm-hmm. it. The only difference being if you're if you're buying and selling in this time of market, if you're moving to another city, say, I don't know, Windsor or yeah. Or, yeah. or even Brantford or somewhere, yeah. you know, yeah. in, in Welland. Yeah. But even, even those markets are still reflective of what our market is sure. in terms of they're very comparable, yeah. right? Well, but like not, even but even price point, no, he's not. Uh, I know I'm talking, but in in terms of price point, there's a huge difference and mm-hmm. there always will be. But if you talk about the, the type of market, you know, if, you're, if, if the pr- houses are high for Hamilton in Hamilton, when you go to Windsor, they're still going to be relatively right. higher in, in comparison to Windsor, yeah. right? In comparison to Windsor prices. So somebody in Windsor is going to say, wow, I can't believe you paid that much for that house. <laughs> yeah. Meanwhile, you're saying, well, you should have seen the house I sold in Hamilton right. for, you know, 500000 yeah, yeah. You know, what you can get in Windsor for 500000 So it's all reflective, right? We're like the Toronto buyer in Windsor, right? Yes, Hamilton, yeah. Hamilton buyers are the Toronto <laughs> buyers in Windsor, and Toronto yeah. buyers are... That's a good way know, to put it. Yeah. Or Welland. So Welland. So, so, yeah. yeah. The we Hamilton we buyers for uh, Niagara Falls. We just, uh, we just posted this house. It's it's 255 Colbeck in Welland. Hmm. And this house is professionally designed, custom built, top to bottom, everything. It, it was like it was right out of a magazine. And we put it up on our Facebook page for, uh, and we we talked about the house and we we put the price on it, it was seven hundred and fifty thousand. Mm-hmm. The reaction that this house got was crazy. Brilliant. People were going nuts over it just because anywhere else, if you put this house in Hamilton, it's easily like like a million dollars. It's, a, it's yeah. a beautiful home, but uh, people couldn't believe you know how inexpensive Welland was. Interesting. When we return, uh, we have uh, seven reasons why renovating is better than buying a new home and five things to consider before expanding your home. You're listening to the Hamilton Real Estate Show on 900 CHML. Welcome back. This is the Hamilton Real Estate Show on 900 CHML. Rick Samprin with Rob Golfie and Philip Golfie. They're sales representatives with Remax Escarpment Realty, the Golfie team. 905-575-7700 is their phone number. Again, that's 905-575-7700. RobGolfie.com is the website. Rob, G-O-L-F-I.com. Be sure to subscribe to the Hamilton Real Estate Show podcast on iTunes, Google Play, wherever you download your favorite podcasts. At Rob Golfie on Instagram and Twitter. You should also like the Rob Golfie Facebook page, as Phil mentioned just before the break. Uh, great photos, awesome listings on that page, a lot of fun stuff that you guys have done on Facebook uh, as well. And if you have a question for the Golfie team, the email address is questions at robgolfie.com. Again, questions at robgolfie.com. And uh, feel free to uh, send us a topic idea if you want us to tackle a topic on a future program. Still to come, we'll talk about five things to consider before expanding your home. Uh, But now, why renovating is better than buying a new home? We have seven reasons why you should maybe think about renovating your home instead of buying a new one. And the first one is, I mean, it's pretty easy to fathom this. You can enjoy the updates. So you've you've lived in your home for a number of years. You've done some renovations. Now, you know, sit back and relax and enjoy what you've done. That's right. You know your neighbors. You know the the kids. Very true. The kids uh, have been going to the same school. They renovate, 
fantastic. It's uh, new kitchens, new mm-hmm. bathrooms, finished basement. They do all that kind of stuff. Maybe put a pool in, uh, which is a great idea. If they love, if they love where they live and they love their neighbors and uh, and and the kids are happy where they are, that's great. Right. Today, kids don't really grow up in the same uh, neighborhood their entire life. Like chances are, like I grew up, uh, my parents still live in the same house that like since 1964. Mm-hmm. So um so I grew up there and, and and pretty well all my friends basically didn't move. I mean we I mean they moved when they moved out of the house. Right. Like the parents still live in the same house. Yeah. So but I I don't think that is that's like that today. Um I I Rick I'm I'm not sure did did you grow up in the same house or No, I uh, I lived in uh my first house until I was in grade 7 right. and then from grade 8 on and I mean my parents are still there from, right. from so, 1986. So basically so two homes, two homes but but you pretty well grew up with you know to up to grade 7. Yeah. So you probably you know if you bump into a a, a neighborhood kid that you grew up with you you you'd recognize him and oh, say hey sure. how's it going. Yeah. But um, but that that's not as necessary that but but it, again if you love your house and you can you think the space in the house is is good definitely renovate it mm-hmm. because the cost of moving could all that cost to move from one house to another uh, is going to be probably about not as much as the renovation cost but it, it that, but but regardless when you move to another house you're always going to spend money to fix it the way right, you want exactly so in the long run renovating a house that you live in is probably the best way to go, class. in my opinion. Uh, number two, and this is quite easily understandable, you're emotionally attached. So, yeah, the neighborhood, the kids yeah. have gone to school, you've been in the home for a while. It's easy, it, very much easy to get emotionally attached to your home because you build all those great memories. Oh, and, for and sure, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you have the money to renovate. <laughs> so you've lived in your home for X number of years. you built that equity. Now yeah. you have all this equity that, uh, I mean, you can go on trips or buy cars right. or you can renovate your you house. you got to make sure you're renovating the, the right a home area of a, a home. the yeah. right area or the right style of home in terms of it supports the area that you're that you're renovating like mm. like you know there's certain neighborhoods that you just wouldn't renovate like you wouldn't put the money into the house because you're just, you know the location you're not going to get the equity back out based on that location so you want to make sure you're in a you're in a good neighborhood and you want to make sure the renovations you know support the rest of the style of the neighborhood right, right. if you're going to go from 1800 square feet to to 2500 square feet with a big addition i mean the rest of the neighborhood doesn't really support yeah. that yeah there, right? there's like, some homes in hamilton especially on the mountain that i've you know you drive down the street and you're thinking wow that home really sticks out for yeah. all the wrong reasons right. i mean gorgeous house but in this neighborhood yeah you know what it goes back to like not being the most expensive house on the street right cuz you 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 still want to build equity. You, you still want to, you know, have good resale value, even though you're going to be there for another 15 years or, yeah. you know what I mean? You still want to make sure that resale value is there because eventually you are going to sell, but you just don't want to put yourself in a position that, you know, you're not, you're not able to get that money back out. Yeah. yeah. That's the last thing We saw want. an example of this. The guy put an indoor pool in. Oh, yeah. He put in, he, how it's, much did he say he spent? 30, 30, No, 40? it's probably more than that. With, uh, it, oh, you, which one are you talking about in, in Stony Creek? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He, uh, terrible. Like, it was hard <laughs> to sell. It, it, who wants an indoor pool? Well, it's hard. That's a, that's a niche market. Yeah. It's tough. It's, it's not, it's not that easy to sell a house, uh, with an indoor pool. Um, you, re- you know, first, like, pools are great outside, but to have an indoor pool, people, just aren't used to that, mm-hmm. and maybe in Florida they are, but not not here. Yeah. Which I mean, really, it should be more here than Florida. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because we have to deal the with the winters. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you're making the property safer. I mean, that's self-explanatory. If you don't you have an unsafe property, you should be renovating. Yeah. Uh, skip the cost of moving. We've talked about you know yeah, moving that's, costs that's a big according one to Orbitant. Sure. Yeah. 
And uh, renovations build more equity. And, I mean, this is self-explanatory as well. You're going to renovate uh, a home that's built in the 50s and update it and make it into the you know the new millennium. It's going to sell for more. So there's a couple things here I find. And I find with, with seniors, and because now they've worked all their life, they saved a lot of money, um, they uh, they end up putting a, a, a very expensive roof on, and uh, I guess we'll we'll talk about it. Uh, well, I guess go after break, the next sure. break, okay. well, we also have one more point as well on seven reasons why renovating is better than buying a new home, and we're also going to dive into expanding your homes. Maybe some of the do's and don'ts around that. You're listening to the Hamilton Real Estate Show on 900 CHML. Thanks for listening to the Hamilton Real Estate Show on 900 CHML. My name's Rick Samprin with Rob Golfie and Philip Golfie. They're sales representatives with Remax Escarpment Realty, the Golfie team. They're online at robgolfie.com. You can call them anytime at 905-575-7700, at Rob Golfie on Twitter and Instagram. Like the Rob Golfie Facebook page, and be sure to subscribe to the Hamilton Real Estate Show podcast wherever you download your favorite podcast. Uh, in a couple minutes, we'll talk about uh, things to consider before expanding your home, but we're uh, recapping the seven reasons why renovating is better than buying a new home. And I'll just go through some of the points we went through. Uh, you can enjoy the updates. You're emotionally attached. You have the money to renovate. You're making the property safer. Um, skip the cost of moving and renovations build more equity. One final point, you have the opportunity to customize your living situation. So uh, you were talking about the uh, steel boomers roof. or old. So we get, you get, you get sometimes these seniors that obviously they're comfortable. Kids are out. They, you know, they got grandkids and uh, they need to put a new roof on. They get talked into putting a steel roof that's mm-hmm. going to last for 50 years. So, I mean, if you're – people, I, I'm not making fun of you. Well, maybe I am a little bit. <laughs> Poke <laughs> but, the bear. Go but ahead. If you're, if, you're, if you're in your 70s and you can afford a steel roof that's going to cost $50,000 yeah. or $40,000 and it's going to last for 50 years, I, I mean, I'm telling you – it, you're not gonna. You don't need to spend that money on a roof. Mm-hmm. And chances are, if it's a two story, you're gonna end up moving within ten years. So if you amortize that, you overpay because when you sell your house, yeah, your house looks great. You will get very small, one or two percent more because of that roof, and you spent a fortune on it. Really, it's the young guy that should be able to put the, a steel roof because if right. he stays there forever, but he can't afford he can't it. Can't afford it, <laughs> right? So yeah. the senior can afford it, but he's not gonna. He's not gonna. Uh, outli- he won't outlive the. Like he'll end up moving before yeah. the you know the time yeah, is he, up on he, that roof. If he's in his seventies, he's not gonna be living to one hundred and twenty. They right? have thirty year shingles. If I was seventy years old and a roofer came and said, "Hey, put a steel roof. It's gonna last fifty years." And I could put a, a <laughs> shingle. I'm not going to last fifty. Years. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going fifty years plus. I'm not going to live to 120. Yeah. But if I had a of a, 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 a 70 years old, I'd put a, a 30 year shingle, and that'll you know you're not outputting so much money for that. Mm-hmm. So seniors, please don't let somebody talk you into a steel roof. If if you're a senior, because there's a high probability you're going to be out of that house even before that house needs new shingles. Yeah. How big of a feature is a steel roof? You know what? Aesthetically, it looks great. And it does; it'll last long. But I, I think if you, I think if you're like 30 years old and you think this is going to be your last house, right. which it never is, 
um, put a steel roof on. Yeah. It, 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 it'll because uh, you never have to worry about it again. But in ter- I mean, if you're listing a house, I mean, is one of the key features, hey, this house is a steel roof. Every, I mean, house, every house has to have a roof, whether right. it's steel or shingles. It just aesthetically looks better. It makes it easier to sell. Right. So you put fifty thousand dollars into your roof. Believe me, it's like it's like redo. It's like redoing mm. Uh, mm. your basement. Uh, like doing weeping towels around your basement. Mm. You spent fifteen thousand or thirty thousand digging all the way around the house, putting yeah. uh, weeping towels. Nobody's going to come up to your house and say, "Hey, nice weeping tiles," because <laughs> right. they're buried. <laughs> so. yeah. Okay, five things to consider before expanding your home. We got about two minutes to get through these. Um, maybe I'll just race through them and yeah. we'll have a general discussion. Uh, consult with a contractor. That should be easy. Uh, visit your building inspection or municipal office, aka city hall. Uh, think of your neighbors. Uh, you'll need to figure out a way to pay for these renovations and consider a standalone structure. So, in terms of expanding your home, you've you've dealt with Question. this in the past. Anybody that's lived in their house uh, for a, a bit of time and they want to add another, you know, uh, two hundred square feet to it, either they, they have a bungalow, they want to make it into a two story. It doesn't look like a two story house, or it doesn't look like a bungalow. <laughs> but but what happens is they think that it's going to change. How they feel about living there. Mm. And within two years, they decide now they want to move. So if you're looking at putting a big addition on your house, it depends what kind of addition. Like if it's a family room addition in the back or like a sunroom, fine. But if you're going to spend $150,000 and you think it's going to change the way you feel in living instead of moving and then living there – it, it, it isn't like like I don't think you should turn a bungalow into a two story because then the house looks weird on the outside. Right. You know what I mean? You got a, a roof line halfway between the first floor and the second floor, yeah. and uh, so just move, move. Like if you're going to spend one hundred fifty thousand, and that's what pretty well an addition is, like uh, either uh, going up or going back, it's mm-hmm. it's going to cost that. So be careful. Really find out why you want to move because I find most people that put additions on. Always end up moving. Want to move within two years, and then they say, "Well, we got this much money into it. They want. They want to get it back. Yeah. They're, they're not. They, right. You know, they have to stay there a little longer." One of the points was consider a standalone structure. So, uh, I don't know if you're building a sunroom or you're building uh, a pool house or whatever the case is. Uh, are these popular? Should people really consider this? Like, like, like a sta- uh, outside attached to the house? You mean? Well, I guess it would be detached from the house. Detached, detached from the house. Yeah. You know, what? so maybe a detached. That's garage. like a landscape uh, effect. Like it's like it's uh, like building a garage and having like a loft above it yeah right, right. Yeah. yeah i mean but if it, it makes sense it, for it you, does then, yeah. it does add value there was a century home in grimsby that uh eight years ago they put in a, a triple car garage with a nanny suite above now they bought this place probably for about four hundred and fifty thousand. they just sold for one uh, just under 1.3 million wow just so over that, just just over just over 1.3 1.325 yeah so they put a lot of money they lived in there for about a good 10 years so the the value of the property went up. Plus, they enhanced the property. Mm-hmm. So they they got their money back. They probably put about four, three, four hundred thousand into it. Wow. So I mean, they they did they did well. Like, but you have to live there for a while to get it back. No doubt. Uh, guys, thanks for coming in once again, and thank you for listening to the Hamilton Real Estate Show. We're back next Saturday at nine on nine hundred CHML.